You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Last we left our brave adventurers, Sir Reginald and Tag had made their way to the northwest to the Maze Stables, where they recovered the, quote, merchant Reeve Garner, only to discover that he was, in fact, a spy and thief who had stolen a valuable artifact from the Arstons. And they are now on horseback on their way back to town, trying to avoid any potential confrontation. There is also a new member of the group, as Sir Reginald has hired a retainer in the form of the stable master, uh, Robin Mays. I acquired a retainer. I did not <laughs> hire her. Hire implies that she is going to get any kind of monetary compensation from this, and she will not. Well, she's also not going to lose anything, so maybe you can figure something out. All right. Because if I'm remembering correctly, the terms of her service were you wouldn't burn her house down. I did say that. <laughs> now, Sir Reginald, you took some damage last session, correct? Hell, I don't know. I, I know you did. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess you don't remember how much. I'm currently at four. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to consider that your lunch with uh, Miss Mays counts as a short rest. So what you can do is in D roll 20, you can roll 1d8 because that is your hit die. Okay, six plus your constitution modifier. So you are now back to full HP. You now have your uh, nine hit points again. Oh, damn. And as a warlock on a short rest, you also recover your spell slots because you spent your one spell slot earlier. So now you have your one spell slot back again. I could pretend like I know what that means. You remember you have a limited amount of spells. Don't you sigh at me, narrator. I don't need any lip from a bodiless voice. I remind you that you have a limited amount of times that you can cast your command and unseen servant spells, which uh, at level one for a warlock is one time. And you spent your command spell uh, in the encounter with the Arstons earlier. So you have now regained that. Gotcha. Uh, Was that so hard? Tag, unfortunately, you didn't do too much resting, but I don't think you really need it that much either. No, not really. I didn't really do much. Yeah, you're down one spell slot and you have all your HP, so I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. If I may inquire, what time of day is it? Um, it's late afternoon, I would say. Okay. Because you guys headed out first thing in the morning and it was about a half day journey and you weren't there for very long. Okay. If I may inquire further, are orcs typically nocturnal creatures? Not typically, but uh, you'd probably rather fight them in the daylight than at night. Well, I don't know. He has dark vision, don't you? Yes, I do. So do the orcs. Right. But But. I'm just saying, like, it's not really (laughs) as big of a disadvantage as Slay if he was, you know, a filthy human. Now, if you you would like to wait until night, that's an option. One would think that they're just going to have some guards patrolling, but there'll be a lot less of the orcs out than if we just went out now. I'm just going to put that out there. So my suggestion as leader of this 
ragtag bunch of idiots, is that we wait until nightfall. We can actually backtrack and wait in May's house and wait until it is well into nightfall and proceed from there. And we could even use her, be it floor, beds, to sleep for several hours so that we are rested as well for the long trek during the night. That's actually a really good idea. Rest up, recover before we go deal with flaily McGiant weapon again. All right, so we go back to Robin's house. I inform her that we are going to be using her house to sleep for several hours. And, well, that's it. All right, well, she'll make you a nice dinner because it's the nice hospitable thing to do. And uh, we'll consider this a long rest. So, yeah, Tag, you'll regain your spell slot. Uh, Sir Reginald, you'll regain the hit die you just spent. But, uh, yeah, everybody will be back up to full uh, condition. Okay. Is Tag sleeping right now? Is he having a nap? That's up to you. Tag, I'm asking you, are you sleeping right now? Probably would. It's been a long trip. Okay. So yes or no, you're sleeping? Yeah. Okay. All right. And why do I get the feeling that was the wrong answer to that question? (laughs) What's the worst he can do? Robin sleeping as well? Okay. No, I'm asking, is she sleeping? I told Uh, her to go to sleep. She will sleep at some point, yes. Okay. Well, I'm telling her to go to bed now. So if I tell her, get to bed, is she going to go to bed? She'll pretty much do anything you tell her. I'm telling point. her you hit the sack. Actually, you're not even getting the sack. You're getting the floor. Will I'll be in the bed. <laughs> and idiot thief merchant as well. Is he sleeping now? Um, he's I, probably a little too anxious to really get a, a good amount. Of I, I would actually recommend at least one of us stay awake and keep our eye on Mr. Thief at any given point in time. All right. You're sleeping. You should just be quiet. So I'm up, you're sleeping, May's sleeping. So, what's what's Merchant do, doing? He's, he's just looking around nervously, like basically he's posted up by the window, constantly looking for perceived threats that he believes uh, may be on the, on, the, on the way. Okay. Okay. All right. Joe's sleeping. Uh, hold on one second here. Uh, Joe, I'm going to call you back into the conversation in a couple of minutes. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Joe is sleeping. It is just you and I now. The merchant. The magic of podcast D&D. The merchant is, I'm going to tell him to keep watch over the window and to not move from that window. Come with me, whatever. Okay. Is he going to listen to me? Uh, he's definitely going to feel more safe with you than without you. Okay. But so I, I doubt he's going to run off. I am going outside to have a quick look around, and I've got my backpack with me. And I tell him I need to verify that we are going to be safe and there's nobody looking for us outside. You stay in here. Watch out that window. Do not move from that window. Okay. Okay, so I go outside. Uh, you can see uh, scattered throughout because it's relatively flat terrain. Uh, you can see the the campfires from the various uh, encampments that are around. Um, is there anything specific you're looking for? I'm looking for just a 
I can actually casually walk over to the other rundown building where the merchant was hiding mm-hmm. and just go in there so that I'm out of line of sight. Okay. I'm pulling the book is that he had out of his, out of my bag. Uh, the talisman, you mean? Yes. Okay. Just let's uh, switch over to that map just for the fun of it. No, because Josie or Tagglesy, oh. okay, dad is fine. sleeping. Tag <laughs> mm, would not know of what is going on here. Very well. So looking at this talisman, I take several moments to leaf through it, look through it. Is there anything in the talisman that I can glean, that I can learn? Or is it all just history of the orcs? Is there any power, any spells, any anything that I can get from it? Well, as a warlock, you're obviously trained in the mystic arts. So this would be a good time for an arcana check. Okay, how do I do that? So click the D20 button. Mm-hmm. And your bonus is plus one. He knows something is going on. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, I think that was right around the roll from the first time. So like I said, it's it's similar that you can – there's a very noticeable amount of magic coming off of this. But it seems subtle. Like you can you can sense that there's basically two separate enchantments. There's a very small, very noticeable enchantment. And then there's something very deep – and powerful that you can't quite grasp with your present level of knowledge. Okay. So as in terms of my level, as it stands now Mm -hmm. for learning new spells or whatever, there is nothing that I can learn or glean from this. And it would be my opinion that yes, there's some things there, but for the majority, it is a historical artifact of great importance to the orcs well here's the thing if you're going to spend an amount of time studying the amulet uh no more than an hour which i'm going to assume you are let's say Mm -hmm. i will tell you that you are are able to kind of connect and unweave the, the mystic energies coming off of it and know that as long as you're in position of this amulet you will take half damage from cold attacks okay what is but the amulet? It, but like I said in your time, you're 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 unable to discern the the deeper power behind it. What is the amulet made out of? Um, it's very intricately carved, uh, either stone or maybe a, a very old bone. But it, it's very uh, exquisitely crafted. There's uh, some small inlays of uh, metal, uh, maybe like a brass, maybe even a gold, some silver. Well, this changes things. Because I, I don't know if you recall, but when Tag made his history check against it, he actually recognized it as a far more ornate version of the amulets most tribal shamans carry. Okay. Most of the tribal shamans are simple, but wood or a lesser quality of bone. Okay. What would happen if I were to hit this thing with an Eldritch Blast? Do you want to try? That's not what I asked. <laughs> what would happen if I did? Would, in this world, it be completely obliterated? Would it be melted down into a slab? Would it lose? Uh, it would obviously lose all of its magical properties, but what would happen to it? 
Uh, go ahead and make another Arcana check. Um, that's a plus one. Yeah. Ugh. You think it'll be just fine. <laughs> well, in character, that is fine by me. So I'm going to cast True Strike on me to increase the damage on Eldritch Blast. Okay. I am standing back. I have taken this out and put it on the ground. And I'm standing back, and I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast on it. All right. So I, we won't make you roll. We'll just assume you can hit an inanimate object on the floor. I would hope so. I'm freaking Sir Reginald. Uh, due to the power that is behind your Eldritch Blast, it flies across the room, smacks into the wall, but appears otherwise undisturbed. So all that, and I asked if it would do anything. I didn't even roll. How can narrator know if anything would happen to it if I didn't even do a freaking roll? That's how we play the game. Yeah. I said, in the the interest of narrative choice, since you're not attacking an animate object, I'll just assume you're good enough at your Eldritch Blast to hit it and deal damage. So it doesn't matter if, the amount of want, damage is what you you're saying. If you want to roll for it, we can. No, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter apparently that the, the roll would imply how much damage. So even at max damage on it, it's not going to do anything to at it. At the absolute upper limit of your abilities, there's nothing that you can do to it. As I, said, it's, as I said, since it's an inanimate object, we'll assume that you're able to hit it at full force. Exasperated? I pick up the amulet, place it on a hard surface, and take my crowbar out of my bag. (laughs) And I hit it. What happens then? Your crowbar smacks it, bounces off. No noticeable effect. I'm getting somewhat infuriated with this thing. Do you want to intimidate it? (laughs) Do I want to intimidate the inanimate object? (laughs) Was that sarcasm on the part of the narrator? Or was that a suggestion of something that might actually have an impact? I'm saying that's about the only option left on your character sheet that you haven't tried yet. (laughs) But no, it was a joke. Good, because I was about to try it anyways. (laughs) So this thing is impervious to damage. What happens if I put this thing on my neck, if I wear it? Uh, As I said, from your your study of the item, you know that if it's in your possession, that you will have a resistance to any, any, the, the, the cold. But there's nothing else that we can, that's going to happen if I wear it versus keep it in my backpack. No, there, there is no other effect. Okay. You know there's more to it, but it's just I so can't far beyond your ability at this moment. Okay. I'm going to put it back in my backpack and walk back to the house, walk in. Everybody is still sleeping. Check in with Merchant and see if he's seen anything while he was looking out the window. Oh, he saw all kinds of things, but... Uh nothing that you would actually recognize as a threat. I mean, he was really anxious about a, a flock of birds that was in a tree across the way. Okay. So he hasn't seen anything of importance, which means he obviously did not see 
me. And let's bring Joel. Like, even if he saw you, he he would assume, you know, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Okay. Right. He didn't he didn't see what you were doing. Yep. Okay. That's fine. All right. I am still going to just sit down at a chair at the table and keep watch over the merchant and the sleeping, belching, farting, snoring pile of flesh in the other room. Are you going to perhaps wake up that pile of flesh so you can get some rest yourself at some point? Nope. No. I so can... you're just going to take 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 the whole the whole shift. Yes, I am. Okay. It's not that big a deal. I've stayed up easily around the clock. It's not a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll say uh, not long after sunset, you actually do hear some yelling from outside. Okay. Am I, me and the merchants are still the only ones up? At, at this point, yes. Okay. Can I see, do I know which direction it came from? Uh, outside. That's not northwest, east, or if I can look out a window towards where the sound came from, or am I going to have to go outside? If you stick your head out the door, maybe you can pinpoint a direction. Okay. What was the sound? Yelling. Just, you, you can't make out, you know, any any words, but just a, a, some shouting back and forth, let's say. Okay. Uh, so this shouting, though, has not woken up either Robin or Tag. No, I mean it, it's it's muffled by the walls and the glass and everything. But since you're awake, you can hear it, and Reeve hears it as well, and he's looking very nervous. Do you recognize that sound? It's it's just yelling. I I I I don't know. I are are they here? Just tell me. Is that the same kind of noise you've heard from the orcs? It's, it's I I don't I don't know it. It's just, it's just yelling. I, I hear yelling all the time. I, I hear yelling all the time. You're, have you never heard people yell before? It's, it's just yelling. No, there is a difference. I assure you, from a bloodthirsty orc yelling and some drunken idiot who just fell off of a mule in the barn yelling. Uh, I don't think anybody's getting eaten, if that's what you mean. Okay. Get out there. Go check the barn to see if the hands are still there and they're all right, and if it was them that made the noise. Okay. Are you? Are you? I'm assuming you're going to watch them from the door or the yep, window. From the door. I'm from assuming the door. the door is the facing the barn. So is it not? That's memory recalls. We'll pull up that map. Yeah, the the door faces. Mm-hmm. So you see him. Get about to the uh, the main road, let's say. Again, air quotes as to road. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he freezes in his tracks. What do you see? Well, uh, you can see that there's, you know, the glow coming from the uh, the stable hands hut. Uh, pr- probably from their, their, you know, their nightly fire or what have you. And uh, from the glow, a, a figure steps out carrying a torch. Okay. I'm asking the merchant. Ah, what well, he do you he, see? he just points and like drops to the ground immediately, like terrified. Like he's he's scuttling back uh, on his ass, trying to get back to you. What did just pointing? Okay, yeah, but idiot. Oh yeah, he he starts shouting and them <laughs> them 
Them. Them who? The orcs? Is it the orcs? You can tell it's not an orc. It's a little too small to be an orc. But uh, you can tell from the light of the fire, it's definitely a, a tribal person wearing furs and whatnot. Did he see me yet? Uh, right now, he's more focused on the merchant. Uh, he just walked out, and that was the first thing he saw. I'm mm-hmm. sure in a minute he'll, merchant he'll is see you up. standing at the door. Yeah, he's, but he's moving slowly. He's on the ground. He's just too terrified to scooby-doo his way inside. All right, I call back into the house. Tag, get up. Is it loud enough to actually wake me up, or? I'm not going to scream. Well, I'm asking the narrator. I, that's what I'm telling. Don't the ask narrator. me. I'm not the one yelling. I'm not the one saying it. I'm. I'm. I'm not hollering. It's entirely up to you two if you wake him up. I did. I hollered back for him to wake up. I'm gonna kind of just chill there. He's not waking. up. Oh, nice. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yet another thing to remember. Robin, get your ass up. And she she jumps up. Okay. Like almost immediately. Robin, get over here. I get her to the door beside me. I point to the creature that's coming out of the barn, and I ask, you recognize that? I, it looks like just like any of the other fellas that have uh, been living around here lately. Hold on. Merchant was saying it's something altogether different. It, it looks like one of the Arstons to me. That's all Arston? I can tell you from here. What's an Arston? The, 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 the northern tribes. Ah, Okay. The, the uh, northern tribes. It, they're, yeah, they're not just orcs, remember. It's orcs, half-orcs, and humans. Right. Okay. But th- this figure definitely has a human build. Right. Okay. Why would he be at the barn, Robin? I, I don't know. Do they normally once, come by your barn and just snoop around? Listen, once, once the sun goes down, I, I don't really give a crap what them stable hands get up to. They're, they're off the clock. But that's not a stable hand. That's obviously a tribesman. I, I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's drinking with them, Dyson. Yeah, it looks like that. All right. I call out to the person coming out of the barn and, and ask, what do you want? Why are you here? As soon as you call out to him, his gaze just fixes on you. And you know, he reaches out his hand and points in your direction and shouts something you don't understand. Okay, I'm going to ask her. She's been around these tribesmen a while. Did you understand that? I don't. I don't speak their their filthy language. Merchant, did you understand that you deal with a lot of different people? Uh, he's at this point. He's probably scrambled his way to the door, and he's like kind of trying to hide behind you. Uh, like, yeah, he, he found it. He what? what? He, he he yelled. I found it. Okay. All right, look out again. This time look around the barn, everywhere else. Are there any other of these tribesmen, anything unusual that I can see? Uh, Make a perception check. That's just a a straight d20. You don't have a bonus. You don't see anything else. Okay. Where did we place the horses? Uh, I would assume they're in the stables. I would assume that we would have placed them closer to the house if the house any t- had any type of rigging to accommodate that. That way they'd be nice and close if we needed quick access. 
true, but since there's a stable, uh, they didn't really see that as a necessary addition to the house. Okay. It's hard to tell from this map, as lovely as it is, how much distance is between the house and the stables. Uh, give me one second. Uh, let's see. We'll say to 50 feet, approximately. Okay. All right. I look back. Is Tag still sleeping? Uh, Tag's gone. Tag's gone. Yeah. That's what I figured. All right. Fine. I tell the merchant and Robin that we are going to be going to the sta- to the uh, the horses and getting on them and taking the hell off. I've already got my backpack on my bag, so we literally are going to start walking right now. Okay. So start walking towards the horses at a normal pace. See what Trisman does. Uh, he's not moving, but as you approach the stable, another tribesman jumps out, blocks your way, brandishing a spear. Okay. Do they speak? Do you? What is it? Common? Do you speak common? I'm no addressing need to it. speak to you. Okay. What do you want? Return what is ours by right. Who? Him? And I point to the merchant. Is he the one that you want? He is part of what we want. Okay. I have no quarrel with you. I've never met you. I don't know who you are. If you have a quarrel with him, then by all means, take him. Go. He's not all we're here for. What, you want Robin? We do not deal with her. Fine. She is of no consequence to us. Then what else is it that you want? You know what we want. No, I don't. And at this point, he he glances off at uh, some sort of uh, a fire. You see a, you see a glow from inside the barn, and he looks away. What is there? Somebody else in there that I should be concerned with? That I should be speaking to? Uh, we'll find out in just a second. What does that mean? And <laughs> Apparently somebody's using my genius idea. <laughs> is that a bow? That is a that is a short bow, yes. Okay, so yeah, you notice an arrow streaks out and hits him in the throat. Who? The guy at the entrance the, the or the guy, guy who's talking to me? Yes. Okay. Oh, and that... don't even worry. I'm going Sweet. to assume he just falls down and blood is gushing from his from his neck. Okay. You're pretty sure he's dead. I look back to the one that's standing at the barn. Do I yet see Tag or do I still only see that thing? Or I, the Trisman? You're assuming Tag is farther in the barn. Okay. What is the Trisman yeah, doing? The, the, the one with the torch is now yelling much louder. Okay. You see him pull out a dagger and start running in your direction. All right. <laughs> I look at the merchant and at Robin, point to the horses, and holler, come with me if you want to live. (laughs) And (laughs) run to the horses and jump on. Okay. Uh, Go ahead, make an initiative roll. We'll see if you can get to the horses before the tribesmen can react to you. So that's a plus one. 17. That's really good. Let's see. What's his initiative? Nothing. 
So <laughs> you're he's ba- you're basically going he's going to reach you just as you're reaching the horse. Okay. So Okay. That's fine. Um I I um once he's close enough, I use my uh my daggers and attack. Okay, since you're both at the same initiative, we'll say you at- both attack at the same time. So make an attack roll for you with dagger that is plus three. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, you you miss, and he will hit you. For you take one damage. So what did tag roll? Yeah, tag. Are you going to uh, do anything about this? Then I come around the corner, uh, prestidigitation and light still going, blowing my cloak behind me with all sorts of, like, you know, thunderous lights and fire coming out from inside of the cape. And then I just look at the guy that took a swing at uh, Sir Reginald and sleep. I, I, I'm going to assume you're going to roll enough on your, four, what is it, 4d6? Uh, it is currently, I was actually just looking that up, uh, 5d8. Actually, we're we're gonna need to roll for this. Yeah. What's the range on sleep? Ninety feet. Oh boy. Uh, let's see here. But I can. It's twenty feet within a point of my choosing. Okay. So I can arrange it so that basically I'm gonna try to get the effect so that it doesn't hit Sir Reginald. All right. Well, yeah. That that makes sense. Okay, so. yeah. So it's ninety feet and twenty feet within that ninety foot point. Okay. All right. So let's see here. Five feet. And then I don't think I get a bonus on that. No, it's just a straight five d eight. Fifteen hit points worth. Yeah, you. He drops, and you, you place your spell well enough that there's no ill effects on. Any friendlies? And then I start moving forward. Forward to? Towards where he was, just kind of like paying attention to what's seeing where the other ones are, because I know there's going to be more. So go ahead and make a perception check. I really should know this character better. Why? He's only going to (laughs) die. That's the thing. I want him to get attached first. I believe your perception is a plus two. Two, yeah. There, there's nothing in the immediate vicinity. Okay. But uh, he was yelling pretty loud. But you look like you'll at least be able to get out of the stables uh, safely. I, uh, as I'm moving over, your kill if you want it. He's asleep. I bend down. I take one of my daggers, put it at his temple, press down. Do I need to roll for that? No. So, yeah, he's he's gone. Okay. I get on the horse. I tell Robin and the merchant to get on their horses. Merchant's already on the horse. He's That's ready to go. All right. I look at Tag and I say, let's go. Yep, I'm already popping up and ready to go. Okay. Uh, what sort of traveling order are we using here? What do you mean? Who's uh, in front? Who's in back? Do I'll, you want me to take point or do you want to take point and I'll bring up the rear? I'll go up front. I'll, I'll take, take the rear then. And, yeah, and Reeve and Robin are in the middle. All right. How fast are you traveling on these horses? Could we get our regular map back up, please? Ah, yes, we can. 
not going to be of a great deal of help at uh, this scale, but yes. So if you remember, you're in the northwest of the map. Uh, the dwarven town of Gildeem is your destination, and you're in the small farm to the northeast. But you said, too, that's like a half day's journey? Half day's journey on foot. So. At, at a regular pace on horseback, you could make it at two, probably about two hours or so. Uh, if you're pushing the horses, you can probably get there considerably quicker. Might as well push them, there, at least in my opinion. There's really no reason not to, and unless you think otherwise. Looking out from the where we stand in the plains, we can't see any kind of orc encampment of any sort, anything like is that? It, you can see the, the smaller encampments that are kind of dotted throughout the area. You remember that uh, one is somewhat close. But yes. Uh, the camp that uh, the guy you made friends with. But there's... How close are they? Are they within sprinting distance to us if we run through, ride through, or are they, they would have to get on horseback and give chase? Uh, they would have to give chase. You're not going to go through them. Okay. At least not through their camp. Gildim, how big is that town again? It's sizable. What is their defense network like? We come in with orcs in tow. Are they going to be taking arms against the orcs or telling us to get the hell out? Uh, if they see just all kinds of chaos coming to the gates, they're probably not going to let anyone in. They don't want that in town. So if you're going to show up, don't show up with orcs on your ass. What's in Verdim? Just another door in town. And do they have any kind of trading merchants that go back and forth or any kind of commodities exchange between Viridim and Gildim? Well, you know all the dwarven towns are networked by their subterranean trade routes. So there are tunnels between Viridim and Gildim underground? Yes. Okay. Between where we are and Viridim, are there orcs in the middle as well? You're going to assume so. Like I said they're they're basically kind of spread throughout the countryside. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's a long distance because uh, each hex on the map is ten miles. I don't know so where that's... we are on the map. If you look at uh, Gildim, that little up to the upper right hand side where that little black splotch is, that's yeah. us. That that's you. That's the farm. Okay, I see. Oh, well, we're right so on you're top looking of it. at uh, ten twenty. Uh, okay, I thought we were uh, forty or fifty out. miles to get to Verdim. Yeah, okay. Whereas Gildim is literally right there. Right there. All right, give her hell. Smack the horses on the side and get going. Okay. Why don't you guys make animal handling checks? What the hell is an animal handling check? Uh, For you, that's plus zero. (laughs) (laughs) They're trained horses. They should listen. Let's see how the others do. This is for Reeve. He doesn't do too well. And this is for Robin. This is probably going to be the important one. The three of you are fumbling, damn near falling out of your saddles. You probably haven't ridden a horse at this speed at night before. But uh, Robin is very good at her job and manages to keep the, the group under control and moving in the general direction you want to. Keep it up and I won't kill you. Okay, so we keep going. How right, long going. is Gildim? Uh, let's say about a half hour into your 
your race, you can start seeing Gildim, you know, fires lit uh, along the outer walls. And at this point, you're suddenly engulfed in a fog. Of course and we are. And you cannot no see your hand in front of your face. Well, obviously we slow the horses down. Just okay. how far away from Gildim are we? At a full gallop, you could probably make it another 10 minutes. Kill the horses in the process and probably ourselves. Uh, you have no idea what the horses are going to be running through. All right, Tag, do you have a any kind of ability to the wind other than from your ass? Uh, no, but you can probably talk at it and make it move. You're full of hot air, right? What does that do? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm actually Trying looking to something clever. up to see if I can pull anything off or not. All right. Do I hear anything? Now that we've slowed down and the horses aren't as loud, do I hear anything? You can hear the horses breathing. Uh, you can hear Reeve quietly freaking out. I ask uh, Robin, is this normal? This kind of weather normal for around here? Not, not, no, not, there were no signs that fog was rolling in. It was, it was a clear night. I'm going to go ahead and pop detect magic. So I've got uh, 10 minutes worth of basically detecting anything that is magic source within 30 feet of us. You are surrounded by magic right now. Awesome. Okay. I light a torch, one of my torches from my bag. Okay. Can I see any better at all? Barely. You can see your immediate vicinity, but beyond maybe a foot, it's just completely obscured. Keep going at a slower pace. Okay. We'll say you can move. Uh, you haven't moved your horses around too much, so let's let's just say you're moving in the, the same direction you started off in. Mm-hmm. As the fog starts to dissipate, you see two figures standing in front of you. Uh, one is a half-orc. Uh, again, wearing tribal garb, furs, and whatnot, and kind of muttering under his breath, uh, holding a dagger clenched in both of his fists in front of him. And the other one is considerably larger, uh, with a battle axe uh, held in both hands, horizontally in front of him. And you can see an approximately eldritch blast-sized hole in the uh, shoulder of his armor. Of course. The one that's muttering, does he happen to be glowing since I still have debt magic up? Yes. Cool. How slow are we right now? And are we no, that's up to you. I, uh, I point to the one with the two daggers and uh, I just kind of mouth over to Sir Reginald. Uh, that's their caster. All right. I stop the party and I point to the large mound of flesh that I that's wearing my brand and ask what he wants you know what we want outlander no I ask because I don't know what do you want he glances over to his left which is where the other one is standing and he points the dagger directly at you and then the orc again I believe you're wearing what we seek. What, these fine clothes? You cannot have them, but I can tell you where you can purchase your own. If there's nothing else, you can get out of our way and let us keep going. 
let's all roll initiative. Again, Sir Reginald, that's plus one. Nicely done, boys. And then this is for the half-orc. I think our narrator is patronizing us. I think so, too. <laughs> and then for the full-orc. Okay, so... All right, so Tag, you and the half-orc are going to act at the same time. Cool, let's shoot him in the face. Go ahead and make that roll. That will be sufficient. While you're rolling damage, he's going to... He's still pointing his dagger at Sir Reginald, and you see a uh, blue light and a sharp line come flying out of it. Eight points of uh, eight points of damage. And he it fucks him up, but it doesn't drop him. And this blast of uh, blue light does smack you square in the chest, Sir Reginald, doing doing two points of damage. You're pretty sure it should have hurt more than that. But it didn't. Okay. This is my turn so now to attack. It is now your turn to act. Okay. What's the caster wearing? Does he have like extra armor or anything? Or is it just, just kind of furs. shield? Okay, so he's likely to be the first one to draw faster. And you know he does have currently have an arrow sticking out of his chest. Okay. I'm gonna Um I, I cast uh my, my, my true strike and then an Eldritch blast at him. Yep. Now that we're in combat, I'm only going to let you do one of those. I thought you said True Strike can go up any time. Yes, but it still counts as an action. All right, fine. I've been Um, playing a little loose with the rules when we're out of combat, but when we're in combat, we kind of need to stick to it. Oh, aren't we just getting a little nitpicky freaking narrative? Fine. Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, that is a plus five for you. Smack him square in the chest. You actually drive the arrow deeper into him. And he drops, and the fog disappears. I address the full orc. Say you've lost your caster. You can simply walk away, and we'll be done. Do you need to die as well? He will respond by yelling and running in your direction and swinging his great axe. All right. Who's first, Joe or myself? Sorry, tag or myself. Oh, okay, sorry. And critting. So he deals 13 points of damage. <laughs> Let's see. You had already taken three. So well, I'm at six. At six. So it doesn't outright kill you, but you fall off your horse. How can it not kill me? It's 13 damage and I've got six left. It, it takes you to zero. You're not dead, but you're dying. <laughs> it would have been possible to straight up kill you in one shot. This is where, on your next turn, we're going to learn about Dungeons & Dragons' death mechanic. No, we're not. Okay, Tag, it is your turn. Yeah, I I get off the horse, I walk over to um, Sir Reginald, and I cast Healing Word. That sounds like a good idea at this point. Yep. Well, let me rephrase. I take out my loot, and I cast Healing Word, since, you know... We'll say you can sing a little song. You don't need the loot, per se. Oh, not so nitpicky with the bard, but with the warlock, the, everything's the bard by the bard. Can, I have three musical instruments and I can sing, yes. Yeah, and the way he casts spells is through his music, so he doesn't necessarily need to pull out his guitar in order to heal you. He can if he wants. Have seven hit points. 
All right, so now you are back to seven HP, Sir Reginald. And actually, now that I remember how I told you last time, don't forget about your uh, temporary hit points ability. Since you killed the Acolyte, you did gain five temporary hit points, but it was still enough to take you down. Right. All right. So those are gone so, yeah. now, obviously. Yes, and you're just back at seven, seven. HP. Yes. It, if if the orc hadn't crit you, the temporary hit points probably would have uh, carried you through. All right. Uh, and then uh, as my bonus action for my turn, by the way, uh, since the reason I took out my loot is because I'm going to go ahead and give Bardic Inspiration to Sir Reginald, okay. uh, singing a song of heroism so that he can go ahead and add an additional D6 to any role he deems fit. So keep that in mind, Sir Reginald. And you can roll your d20 before you decide if you want to add the d6 for anything that you want to do, just so you know. Do I know how many hit points this orc thing has? What are hit points? How much life does this thing have? He is an orc in full battle rage. He seems full of life force. Fair enough. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. I right. have a snarling orc right in your face. All right. Before I address him, I turn quickly to Tag, and I say, this does not make us even. Then I turn to the orc, and I cast Eldritch Blast on it. Since you are in melee range, that Eldritch Blast will be made at disadvantage. Really? So, yes. It is a ranged attack. Well, this made sense. You can cast fireballs and everything from close by. Right, but you don't have a lot of room to maneuver, and he's... Like I said, all this, all this stuff is kind of taking place almost simultaneously. So you're trying to cast a spell while he's basically swinging his axe at you. Okay, does slashing or piercing do better against this type of orc in armor or whatever? And I ask because I'm a D&D noob. So just... I, I will tell you, out of character, uh, physical damage is pretty much universal there are certain enemies that would have uh, resistance but there's really only one way to find out all right fine okay well then in that case then my daggers do don't do as much though as my eldritch blast though right correct so my eldritch blast what is the actual so so what you'll be doing if you want to use your Eldritch Blasts, you'll be rolling two D20s and taking the lower result. But keeping in mind, you do have the Bardic Inspiration, so if you do roll poorly, you can add the D6 and possibly make it a better roll. Okay, and the daggers, though, are what? Just a... It, a it's D20. a straight D20 plus three. three. So, and it only does a D4 damage. Yeah, it'll do it. Yeah. Okay, so the smarter thing is still the Eldritch Blast. Okay, you know what? Screw it. He would not care, and he would okay. do it anyways. Okay, so click the disadvantage button. Okay. And it's plus five. Plus five. Would you like to use the Bardic Inspiration? Yes. So roll a d6. Just slash roll one d6. Brings it to 11, and it still flies wide. I haven't hit him? No. He's right in your face. It's hard to maintain concentration on your spell. So he will raise his axe. Before before he he raises his axe, I also have 
my thing because I played nicely in character that I can do another attack. Uh, you mean your inspiration? Is that what that was? Mm-hmm. You told me that I could do a second attack at any time. No, that means that you can make an attack at advantage at any time. Well, son of a bitch, I could have done that for this. You could have. But let me, let me put it this way. If you, since you were at disadvantage, using your inspiration would have just made it a regular roll. And since your highest roll was a four, it still wasn't going to be good enough. Maybe if you had rolled an 18 and a three, <laughs> that would have been helpful. and We could retcon it. But I'm, I'm going to be nice and tell you it's not worth spending that inspiration at this point. All right. Well, it's better to keep it in your pocket to a, for another vital situation. All right. Before so he, he attacks, can I call over to uh, Robin? Yes. Uh, speaking as a free action. Fine. Robin, get your ass in here. Help. Attack. Take out your frying pan. Uh, let's let's roll Robin's initiative. Robin will go right after the orc. So he raises his battle axe and high above his head, you can see the metal glinting in the moonlight. And he, before he swings, he yells, return what is ours and we will not kill you. What is it that you want? Now, don't tell me I know what you want. If I knew what you wanted, we wouldn't be in this mess and you wouldn't have a dead mystic on your hands. What is it that you want? We want our sacred property. What sacred property? You talking about something that this merchant stole from you? The amulet. Go ahead and ask the merchant if he has your product. I don't know what you're talking about. You have it. I don't have your product. Look at me. Look at Do you see any amulet on me? No. If your beef is with the merchant, your beef is with the merchant, not with us. And the axe comes down. All right. What was that again? Plus five? Yeah. And hits again. Dealing six points of damage, which I believe leaves you at one. Mm-hmm. Okay. At this point, Robin comes running up and smacks him. Well, I don't want to say over the head because she can't quite reach, but nails him in the lower back with a frying pan. Uh, let's see how well that works out. <laughs> she connects. She, she must have hit the spot that you blew away the armor. <laughs> she deals four points of damage. Leslie <laughs> proving more effective than uh, we have been against them so far. Tag. <sighs> Goodness. Well, I'm going to have to get in there because I'm not going to fire into melee. That's just stupid. So I'm going to go ahead and draw my uh, draw my longsword and try to flank Mr. Uh, giant, angry, full-blooded orc and take a stab at him. Do so. That is more than sufficient to strike him. Okay, and that is... You, you stab him quite, quite precisely in, uh, in the side. And he, he snarls, blood comes out of the, the wound, but he's, he's definitely still in action. Sir Reginald, you are in bad shape. That's this it? That's, that's your whole... staring death down at you. 
You can feel the edges of death creeping in around your consciousness. What do you do? In this game, do you have the ability to strike at specific body parts, or are you just striking the creature? You're just striking in general. That sucks. All right, well, I take my daggers out, and I... I strike. Now, in mm-hmm. before striking, would that advantage bonus thing help with this? Yes, it would. I'm going to use it and use a dagger attack. Okay, so you may click the advantage button, and your dagger attack is plus three. You stab him. You manage to slip your dagger in between uh, some folds in his armor, and your dagger damage is a D4 plus one. So damage... Quantity one, sides four, bonus one. Narrator speaking a little fast there. Just slow right down, mister. (laughs) All right. Quantity? One. All right. Sides four. Four. Bonus. One. All right. Yeah, you you, you slip your dagger into into a vital area. He, he, He spurts some blood out. But he's still standing. I Guess tell, what he's going to do. I tell Robin to attack again. Hit him in the same spot. That's right. But unfortunately, his turn is before hers. I thought they went at the same time. Now, he rolled a nine on initiative and she rolled an eight. Right. All right. So guess where the great axe is going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, that's no good. No, this could be very bad. You got incredibly lucky, but... Yeah, the, the great axe digs into your shoulder and you drop to the ground unconscious. Now, I'm going to have Robin do something first. Okay, Robin attacks. So now she will make her attack and miss. And we are back to tag. Well, I'm going to have to take a swing at him. I really don't have much of a choice. <sighs> now, you, you're pretty sure Sir Reginald can hold on for at least a little bit. Oh, that was the wrong bonus. There's supposed to be four more additional on that, so that should be a 14. Uh, so, yes, that, that will be sufficient. Very nice. So, yeah, finally, you managed to get your longsword. Uh, he's already been stabbed in the side, stabbed in the chest. You, you give him another jab into the chest, and he slumps to the ground, unmoving. In, in orcish, I will yell. Let's see. Far less dramatic when you stop and say, let's see. (laughs) I will yell. Let me look this up. (laughs) No, no, I will yell. I gave him the choice of life or death. I spared his life once. He he dishonored my gift by attacking. Let this be a lesson to all who hold honor true. And then I'll tend to Sir Reginald. So we'll, we'll use this as an, as an opportunity to teach Sir Reginald about how dying works in this edition. When you are lowered to zero hit points. Now, in order to be killed outright, an attack would have to deal basically neg- you would have to go negative your maximum amount of HP. So if you were to go to negative nine, you would be outright dead. But luckily, the orc rolled very low on his damage <laughs> for his uh, second attack. His second crit on you, so you're you're barely alive, but you're at, you're at zero. So, so it's not if you're taken below zero, but rather right. at the negative of whatever your max hit points are. Yes. Okay. Is it just me, or does that not really make sense? 
is that it, an, an attack that lowers you below zero knocks you unconscious. Yeah, as long as it's an attack not that might. deals massive damage to the point that you're negative, your maximum outright kills you, right. and there's no coming back. Okay. So now that they, you're unconscious, they made it very difficult to die right away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now that you're unconscious and dying, you're bleeding out essentially. You make a death save, which is just a straight d20 at no bonus. Okay, and that is a success. So basically, 10 or higher is a success. And you see on your character sheet, uh, near where your hit dice are, you see the death save successes and failures? No. It should be just below your hit points. Temporary hit points, hit dice. Oh, death saves, yeah, successes. Oh, so, so you would mark one, one success. And, and how it works, if you roll a 10 or higher, it's a success. If you roll a 9 or lower, it's a failure. Three successes, and you're stabilized. You're no longer dying, but you don't get back up immediately. Three failures, you're completely dead. If you roll a one, it counts as two failures instead of one. Whoa, whoa, what? Wait, wait, what? On your d20 roll, if you roll a one okay. on your death save, it counts as two failures. Oh. Okay. Think like a critical failure. Yes, but if you roll a 20, you manage to grasp onto life, and you rise back up with one hit point. Right. Okay. So right. yeah, you're you're at you're at one success now, and Tag will make an attempt to save you with his medicine skill. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure is not very good. No, it's... the target for this is only ten, though. It's pretty easy to stabilize someone. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, he he bandages your wounds, he stops the bleeding, and you're no longer dying. And, and also, how it works is once you come back to life or to consciousness all your successes and failures are wiped out. So next time you drop, you start clean. Okay. So it's not like you but carry your failures with how you. How come I only rolled one, though? You said it's three. Right. Because it's I, each round. Yeah, exactly. If we were in combat and stuff was still going on, every time it comes back around to your turn, you would make another roll. Oh. But since basically the combat's over, I had you roll once just for educational purposes, and then Tag was able to save, to save you. Okay. As you regain consciousness, I uh, oh, tell you. He does not regain consciousness. Oh, never mind. Uh, Sir Reginald, roll 1d4. You will wake up in two hours. Ah. So cool. you sling him over a horse. Have, there you go. He, uh, Robin will help you. So and yes, then, we uh, have. I'm going to loot the, the orc corpses, by the way. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Roll a d6. All right. So on the uh, well, now since you're you're also from the area, you recognize him as a, as a minor shaman. Uh, you find twenty silver pieces. Okay. Uh, a talisman, and his dagger if you want it. Yep, I'll be taking that. Okay. On the orc, you find ten gold pieces. Okay. A great axe. Okay. A pair of javelins, and let me see if he was wearing any armor. I didn't write that down. Uh, yeah, he's wearing some hide armor, if you want. Or no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. I'm pretty sure he's wearing some sort of armor. Yeah, he's wearing hide armor, if you want to take that as well. Yep, take all of that. He's got some puncture wounds, missing an Eldritch Blast-sized hole in the shoulder, but yeah, you can probably get a little bit of money for it. That's the idea. And then I will uh, I'll make sure that uh, Sir Reginald is actually strapped to my horse. And I'll make sure that he doesn't fall off and hit his head. How kind of you. And then I will have uh, his his charge 
lead his horse as we make our way back into Gildian proper. Okay. And like I said, it's, it's right there. Even at a trot, you can make it uh, without being further accosted. And then I go find a nice little place that I can get a room so he can sleep off the worst of his wounds. And I will also summon an apothecary or healer or mender of some type because my skills are currently drained. Okay. So uh, how many rooms are we getting for the four of you? Uh, one room. One room. Okay. Uh, let's, let me double check and see how much that costs. It's not that expensive. Uh, we'll say one gold. Yeah. Flip it over. That's fine. Because, I mean, these are the dwarves. It's a, it's a merchant town. They don't have bad inns. No, they really don't. Okay. How much will uh, an apothecary or a priest run me to rent their healing services? Well, you you know if you uh, if you sleep through the night, you can probably uh, not need their service. Mm, fair enough. Hey, you you stabilize Sir Reginald. His wounds will heal on their own. Yeah, but I guess that's fair. I'm just worried about uh, retribution. You, you didn't see any arstons on the way in. Yeah, there's dwarven guards. I don't want to say everywhere, but this the city is heavily patrolled. Hmm. They they like to keep the peace. Fair enough. All right, I'll take it easy then. Okay. So everybody beds down for the night. Um, since we're already at night, we'll say you wake up in the late morning. Uh, everybody is refreshed, alive, and conscious. Uh, Sir Reginald, you wake up, you're covered in bandages and laying in a strange bed. I'll look around, what do I see? Uh, you see Reeve, Robin, and uh, Tag. Are they awake or still sleeping? Oh, I'm up. We'll say Reeve is still sleeping. All right. Take a deep sigh and look at Tag. And look at myself, my clothing, and say, we're still not even. Stopped being about. I look at you. I said it stopped being about even about. I don't know. Three weeks ago. Take a compliment and be quiet with it. And with Fine, that, we should probably I'll stop. the tailor then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, we should probably yeah, your, stop. Your robe said, is in pretty bad shape, Sir Reginald. What's that? Your robe is in pretty bad shape. Well, that's. I've got other changes of clothes I can worry about later. Well, you, you, you do have the armor you wear under the robe, but even that's got a few gashes in it. Yeah, but I got two sets of armor. No, you don't. Yes, I do. In my backpack, I've got... You've got leather armor and fine clothes. Mm. Since, you're, since your appearance is so important to you, I'm assuming you wear the fine clothes over, over top, top of, the, of the, armor. the armor. I don't know. I never played this game. <laughs> I don't know how it works. If, you, if it's like an MMO, you can only strap on certain pieces of clothing or whatever. I assumed this all this time Dungeons that I wasn't you can wearing... do whatever the hell you want, unless I say otherwise. Oh, and FYI, I do. I have light armor and leather armor. Now, the light armor is your proficiency that allows you to wear the leather armor. Oh, okay. Okay, anyways, getting back to my point before, we're at an hour and a quarter in. Mm-hmm. So this is a good spot to stop. Let's go a little further. All right. Yeah, but you know that I like to veer off the beaten path. A little further might be a half hour before we're done. <laughs> well, allow me to remind you, now that you are in Gildim, you know once you return Reeve to the Freelancers Guild, your mission is complete. Obviously not. 
<laughs> because then that means we're done. That means uh, you're done with this mission. I thought the whole point of this was this mission. No, you're only still level one. There's plenty more you can do. I thought this was it. I didn't realize there was more after this. Okay. There's as little or as much as we basically make of it. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought hey, it was just... If you want to stop here forever, we could stop here no, forever. No, I, but I guarantee I can find more fun stuff for you guys to do. Okay, I thought it was... This I remind quest you, was I it. already have the entire second mission prepared for you guys. See, once again. I was going to say, this, is, this, exactly. isn't, this isn't wow, man. I mean, there's not like six months between content patches. <laughs> there's just six months between podcast episodes. <laughs> it hasn't been that bad. Shut up. <laughs> All right, fine. So my clothes are completely destroyed? Not destroyed, but you look like you just got into an axe fight. Which I kind of did. Um, <laughs> As a token of goodwill, while he was still like asleep, I would have actually called a tailor or had somebody come to either size him up or you know mend his clothes or whatever. Let's say you asked Robin to do it. That's what I was just going to say. Robin. Well, do you have as Tag said, he was magnanimous enough to have Robin do it while you were still unconscious. All right, whatever. So yes, your your robes are returned to normal, or to the best of her ability. She doesn't have the fine threads you're used to, but it's patched. All right, all right. So, all right. Well, then I wake up the uh, the the merchant and okay. announce that we should get going. All right. The four of you will head to the local freelancers guild. Um, you can ask for directions, find out where it is, because you haven't been to this particular branch yet. Okay, well, we can ask the bartender. Yep, that'll work just fine. Am I rolling something for that? Or? No, I'm just uh, flipping to find out what her name is. <laughs> yeah, so you, you you walk in, and it's pretty similar to the, the other offices you've seen. Uh, large desk, uh, engraved nameplate, uh, this dwarf is named Morbella Longrock. Uh, she definitely seems uh, hardier than the first one you met. Uh, pretty much on par with the second one. Uh, the general feeling you get is that the uh, the farther north you get, the less they care about uh, fancy appearances. You walk in and she looks up. And she's like, yes, how can I help you, gentlemen? We and lady, I apologize. You. I did not see you back there. We were tasked to bring this merchant back to you. Ah, a job, I see, I see. And she reaches under her desk and pulls out a massive tome. And she opens it up. Hey, your names? Sir Reginald. Sir Reginald, Reginald. Ah, yes, uh, Sir Reginald of Cerulea. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would make you uh, Tag, Thag Holden? That is correct. Uh, and, yes, uh, and who are you, young lady? I don't see you on the register as part of this party. She is unimportant. She is with me. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, I, I see here that, yes, you were hired to escort a merchant back to town. Uh, should I assume that is this man right here? Yes. All right, well, uh, of course, I do have to confirm his identity. Uh, anybody could just grab somebody off the street and bring them in. You dare? Uh, I am told that you were given a password, sir, to verify your identity. And, and he speaks up and uh, just very, you know, walks over to her and whispers something in her ear. It's like, ah, yes, Mr. Garner. So nice to see you alive and well. We, we do so enjoy when we can accomplish a task successfully. So, gentlemen, 
I thank you for pursuing this task quite well. And she reaches under her desk and pulls out a pouch. And she hands each of you ten gold coins. Add it to the coffers. Just out of curiosity, Tag, are you sharing the uh, money you got with uh, Sir Reginald? Um, I will after we're all done and have a nice little sit down. I gotta still gotta fence the other goods. Okay, fair enough. And she she looks through your the ledger, and she's like, "Ah, this was your first mission. Very well done. Very well done." So now you are officially members of the Dwarven Freelancers Guild. And she, she reaches in her desk and pulls out some uh, basically tokens. They're made out of a, a lower metal tin or something. But uh, it's definitely got the freelancer's emblem uh, embedded in it. It's like, these are your identification. And you will be happy to know that when you are in one of our towns, you will now have free room and board at the freelancer's barracks. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, have a good day, gentlemen. I hope to see you again soon. Uh, there's plenty of work to be done. Excellent. I'm sure we'll be in contact soon. As you two, or as you three, uh, start leaving the room, you hear uh, Reeve speak up. He's like, um, um, excuse me. I, I look back and furrow my brow. My eyes blaze a little bit before he could finish speaking. I, he, 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 he glances away, but he's like, I, I, I appreciate you, you coming to, to save me. You appreciate us completing our successful mission of getting you here in one piece through dwarven hordes, or I'm sorry, orcish hordes to this fine dwarven establishment. Yes, we understand you appreciate us. How, however, I believe you, you, you still have something of mine. I know not of what you speak. Good day. Turn around and walk out. You see, he kind of reaches out a hand and uh, slam the door. You have no idea what's going to happen to this guy. Do you care what's going to happen to this guy? Nope. Not really. Okay. When we're outside and I've got my bag of gold, I open it up. I look at my clothing, noticing that they were mended. I look over at Robin and I give her one gold. Thank, thank, thank you, sir. I, I, I didn't yeah, realize yeah, yeah. I, I was going to be uh, paid no, for my service. No, be quiet. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. So, where are we to proceed from here? That's up to you guys. Your your work for this mission is complete. Uh, we can end the session at any point of your choosing. Okay, out of character. Let me ask you this now. Mm-hmm. For dude, Reginald is. I was under the impression, again, it was a send to go do this work for the dwarves. It's a one contract deal and you're done. So now mm-hmm. how does it work? We just decide whether or not we want to stay together or we just fall into trouble or what kind of thing is this? I was going to find tra- out at the beginning of the next <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah, tra- traditionally, it's um, if depending on what Vince has already has in mind for us from what happens here as players – we get to go through and like we have options like just in this setting alone, we could start following up on that talisman. We could start following up on the tribes. We can try to see what actually is going on with that quote unquote merchant. 
Um, we could also just go to the next town. We could just go riding on adventures. We could part ways. Literally anything we can think of, we can present to Vince and he can veto it or he can work with it. It's it's complete. It's a sandbox. It is a complete and total sandbox. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I have options available for what your second session is going to be. Now, based on the decisions you made during this first session, that helps me narrow down what those options will be. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's up to you guys. If you if you wish to continue adventuring together, that's uh, probably a good idea because it's hard to run a session with the two of you if you're not adventuring together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The um, is that it, you, you will always have work available through the Freelancers Guild if there's nothing else you wish to pursue. All right. Um, I stick my head inside of the door where we just were mm-hmm. and holler into the dwarf that we were just speaking to is there a an arcane specialist in this outpost in this city like well uh as far as i know none of the none of our dwarven merchants are particularly skilled in the arcane abilities but uh there there's always a number of uh outlanders in in the bazaar you, you could check there certainly who would you recommend and where are they located in town uh, give me a second I need a name for this guy. Brutus von Hammersmith. <laughs> I'm just trying to decide what race I want to make him. She, you said this would be all prepared. There's a limit to what I can prepare. <laughs> Lies. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I do believe we had a, uh, a merchant come in recently. Uh, he came from the West. Uh, he, he goes by the name of Severin. And uh, I don't know exactly where he is in the bazaar, but I'm sure if you ask around, somebody can point you in his direction. Thank you very much. Close the door. <laughs> While I had the door open. As you close the door, you're this. Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> While I had the door open and my head was stuck in, did I glean anything about what was happening to the merchant? Uh, he's just kind of standing by the desk nervously. Okay. Uh, you probably interrupted a conversation. Okay. All right. So, I look to the side, towards Tag, but not at him, and say, we have an amulet to investigate, and start walking away. If he chooses to follow, he can come along. Oh, my song isn't written yet, so I guess I'm coming with. And of course, Robin follows. Yes, she will go everywhere you go. All right. Unless she succeeds in her will roll next time you fall unconscious. But when you got when you got knocked out and I said I'm going to have her do something, that was her deciding if she was going to run away or not. <laughs> okay, now that I've given her a gold, that should go down a little bit now though. Come on. That will definitely contribute. There you go. He can be magnanimous. All right. This now is a good point to stop. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll stop with the adventure, but I will also say now that you have completed your first mission, you are both level two. Yay! Yay, Jack of all trades. And Joe, I will assume you know what to do. Yeah, I got it all covered. I'll give you my yeah. new stuff in a little bit. That's fair enough. All right, so Reginald, we're going to dive into your character sheet. Um, for the sake of the two-man party, are we just assuming mm-hmm. max hit points each level, or are you going to make this roll? Oh, you're going to roll. Fair enough. There's no fun in not rolling. <laughs> all right, so Sir Reginald, you roll a D8. Sir Reginald, you're fucking Roger now. The mission's <laughs> over. 
Okay, so you're you gain uh, four plus your Constitution modifier, so your maximum hit points goes up by five. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on a second here. My Constitution goes up. Now your Constitution modifier is a plus one. Yeah. So you get four plus one, so you gain five maximum HP, which brings you to fourteen. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So my okay, so that's fourteen max. Yes. And I'm still only at one. That doesn't change that fact. Well, no. You after sleeping through the night, you're healed up to max. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there you go. And now you have two hit dice. What? Scroll down, hit dice. Before you had one d eight. Yes. Now I have two one d eight. Yes. All yes. Right. Remember how how before I had you roll the d eight to regain HP on a short rest. Yeah. So now you have twice as many dice you can roll if you need to. Okay. Uh. So does my constitution actually go up or it stays at plus one? It can. At, at level four, you have the option to increase your ability scores. Uh-huh. Right now it stays as it is. All right. Yeah. As stats don't go up that dramatically in fifth edition. All right. Is that it? Uh, nope, there's more. Okay. All right. Uh, over on the right where you have your features and traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to gain two Eldritch Invocations. These are special warlock-only abilities. Uh, the first one I've chosen for you is called Agonizing Blast. When you cast Eldritch Blast, add your Charisma modifier to the damage it deals. So now your Eldritch Blast is going to get a plus three on damage. Now, uh, I'll give you a couple options for other ones. Uh, you can get Eldritch Sight, which lets you cast Detect Magic at will. So no spell slots required. Uh, Eldritch Spear, which increases your Eldritch Blast range to 300 feet instead of 120. Eyes of the Runekeeper, which lets you read any writing, regardless of whether or not you know the language. Um, There's some other ones that I'm kind of skipping over because I don't think they're that great. Uh, Gaze of Two Minds. You can touch a willing humanoid and perceive through its senses until the end of your next turn. Uh, I don't think that's going to be terribly useful because it turns only six seconds. Damn cool, though. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mask of Many Faces, you can cast Disguise Self at will, so you can change your appearance. Repelling Blast, when you hit a creature with Eldritch Blast, you can push the creature up to 10 feet away. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Very useful, too. Um, Is that that it, or is there more? There's other options. I'm just kind of cherry-picking as to the ones I like the most, because I've played a Warlock before. And there's, uh, there's also other options uh, that you unlock at higher levels. I'm assuming that making yourself look like other people, there's always a check, too, to see whether or not they see through it. Or it's just yes. a yes. Well, he- here's the thing. If you give them a reason to check, they can see through it. Uh, also, the disguise self, it's kind of like a hologram. So, like, they can reach. If you, try, if you try to make yourself the size of an orc, you'll look the size of an orc. But, you know, things will pass through you. Right. And vice versa. If you try to make, if you make yourself look smaller... Um, it, it's handy though I'll tell you that much mm-hmm. damn there's a lot of good ones there mm-hmm. just for shits and giggles though I'm going to do that changing appearance okay is that like a cantrip or where do I put that uh, or under you, like I said just put put it into your uh, features and traits I said it's mask of many faces 
And if, if you want, you can just go ahead and write it into your cantrip slot as well because it functions just like a cantrip. Yeah, I'm going to put... Okay, hold on. What's it called again? Uh, the, uh, the invocation is called Mask of Many Faces, and the spell is called Disguise Self. So that's something that is one per turn, like I'd be able to do that. I can't do that and something else. Correct. How long does it last? Uh, one hour, I believe. Oh, holy crap. Okay. Or maybe eight hours. I forget off the top of my head. But yeah, it, it's going to last. A long time. Well, let's say as long as you want it to, because you can recast it without having to expend a spell slot. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I, I got up to a lot of fun with that in our one shot where I was a uh, trickster warlock and I just kept changing my appearance over and over again. Is Finally, that, oh. one more thing. Yeah. Uh, if you go down to the third page with your spells, right. uh, your level one spell slots, you currently have one. I have command and unseen servant. Uh, the spell slots, the number of, that you can cast at any time. Oh, okay. It's currently at one, correct? Oh, I didn't have anything, but... Okay, well, it, it's now two. Okay. So you can cast two of those spells in between short rests. And you gain a third spell... Uh, last time we talked, you said you wanted something that was actually useful instead of fun. Yeah. And we chose Burning Hands for you. What does that do again? I will read the exact description. But uh, what, what will make you happy is it's a spell you can cast in melee. Okay. Uh, yes, it is a 15-foot cone. As you hold your hands with thumbs touching and fingers spread, a thin sheet of flames shoots forth from your outstretched fingertips. Each creature in a 15-foot cone must, makes a, must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 3d6 fire damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful save. Alrighty. I said, and since that doesn't require an attack roll, uh, you can use it in melee without any negative effects. Of course, the negative effect of tag also being within 15 feet uh, is a factor. Right. Not one you're likely to care about, I'm going to guess. Yeah, he might be growing on him a little bit. Yeah, if I get a little singed, I get a little singed. And that is level two. Okay. So, uh, real quick, you want to just fence those goods, tag? Oh, yeah. All right, so the talisman fetches you two gold pieces. Well, we're not... Oh, the uh, the other guy's talisman. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just basically an, an art item. Actually, you can sell anywhere. I'm going to keep the talisman. That okay, might be useful for disguises later. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the dagger you gain one gold. The sure. great axe uh, you actually earn fifteen gold selling that. The okay. javelins, where's javelin? Uh, that's another five silver. They're just made out of wood. They're not all that great. Yeah. And the armor. Uh, yeah, neither one of you can use medium armor, so you might as well just sell it and get another five gold. Okay, so that's 41 gold, 55 silver. I walk over to uh, Sir Reginald and drop 20 gold in his palm. Your cut of the boat, the, the the booty, so to speak. I take my time and eventually say thank you. <laughs> yeah, you earned it. And that's that, boys. All right. You we need to, barely we need survived. <laughs> so uh what what is your uh what is your position on hirelings? <laughs> what? You you already have one? <laughs> 
Yeah, but I'm I'm assuming she's going to die or go somewhere else at some point. Unless she turns into like a badass Valkyrie at some point. <laughs> we kind of need a meat shield. <laughs> uh, I, I can do a little research and we can uh, I can get back to you on that. Yeah, because if we're in a dwarven town, I would not be opposed to hiring a dwarven retainer. Yeah, that is that is an option. We'll uh, address that at the beginning of next session. Sweet. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. 